You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about the power that stories can bring to your speaking and coaching. They can be a great way to build credibility, create connection, and provide context. And they can add a bit of fun to your talks and courses too. That's a bit later, but first up, it's our success interview. Today we're talking with entrepreneur, speaker, financial coach, and author of The Money Keys, Karen Russo. Karen uses her experience as an ordained minister and corporate financial professional to help her clients activate their potential and jumpstart their financial freedom. I know I'm excited to learn more, and I'm sure you are too, to learn how she's used these diverse experiences to create and grow a thriving business. I know Karen has a lot to share, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Welcome to the show, Karen. Oh, thank you so much, Janelle. I'm excited to be here and excited to share the story of how businesses grow and how we connect things like that seem so disparate, like spirituality and money. How do those things go together? I know. I, and you and I have had a number of conversations, so I know it's going to be um, very thought-provoking, and I know it's going to give our listeners a lot of things to think about. I love to start these conversations by asking our guests to share just a little bit about your business, how you started it, and how it's evolved over time. Yes. Well, the money keys, I think of it as a for-profit business with the heart of a ministry. And uh, it started 10 years ago when I had just been, I'd, I'd had a, you know, a decades corporate career. I was a banker, then I was uh, pretty active as a corporate trainer teaching sales and management leadership courses, often to a lot of financial services companies. And then I had felt a call to deepen my own spiritual practice and also be a teacher and a leader, and I'd gone into uh, the ministry training. And so I'm a minister in one of those interfaith denominations. And 10 years ago, when I completed my ministry training, the question on my heart and mind was, do I want to be the leader of my own spiritual center? So I went out and I was an assistant minister for a few years, and it became quite clear to me that I loved the speaking and the teaching, but I didn't really have the call to have that kind of pastoral work of having my own uh, community. Mm-hmm. And so really, and Janelle, it's so funny because sometimes people 
do a tremendous amount of market research to find what their niche is. Other people have, you know, a bush that burns in front of them. For me, I really, I sat there and I was like, well, hmm, if I'm going to bring my own message into the world, let's see, I have a great love for the divine and spirituality, and I really have this strong enjoyment and experience with money. Let's see how they go together. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there you go, ta-da. So what came forward, and if you think back, you know, mid-2000s was when I was in this crafting mode, is what came forward for me was a message included in the money keys, but also the idea of a business that at the time I was modeling some of the other personal development type speakers where you'd have a core message, you'd go and speak, and then in the back of the room you would sell um, audio programs you know, and at the time it was CDs, mm-hmm. <laughs> physical audio programs that people would take, that they would take home and they would use for their own personal enjoyment. So that was my uh, business back then. And over the last 10 years, uh, what's evolved is, and this is, you know, I think what your folks are often interested in is not just the modality of the training. So now the CDs are all online, you know, tools mm-hmm. that are on an online library. But the, the model for helping people to make the connection between their passions in their own business and, produ- and professional lives and their spirituality, vision, purpose, values, what I have now is more of a boutique coaching business with a signature curriculum system and with a whole bunch of digital tools that people can access. I love that. And I think so many of the great businesses today come from combining two or more things that don't really seem like they go together. Um, and I love the way you explain what you do, having a boutique coaching business with a signature curriculum. Um, and I love the fact that it focuses on you know, money and, and sales always goes with, with money. And I think that's a topic that people really struggle with. They know they need it. They know it's important. But I find that when people start those money conversations or asking people for the sale or for the money, their money stories start to pop up. Mm-hmm. And I've heard more people, I mean, I've had three or four even in the last week where people say, well, they can't afford that. They won't do mm-hmm. this. And mm-hmm. you know what? It was their money story because the person I was talking to had no concerns with the money. We make assumptions about what we yeah. think people will do, and therefore we don't invite them to take action, which I think is a disservice. Absolutely. And, you know, that dynamic of experts and service professionals who have, you know, some kind of content or message or solution and then have a a desire to share it, there's like usually three or four key components. One of them always is, um, are you an aspirin or a vitamin, right? You know, sort of like who are the people that have a problem that you have a solution to? And Mm -hmm. then how do you find them and how do you connect them with the thing that you have that's a solution? And then, and this would be kind of like a start here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, would be what's the business and monetary model of folks have a problem, you have a solution, how is that going to be profitable from the start? 
and mm-hmm. and that would say I would say from my own experience of developing a message, and I I spent a little too much time in the lab making it perfect. You know, ten years later, if I was starting today, I would be, which is what I'm doing with new topics, financial forgiveness, or um, you know, weekly prosperity practices, or money and relationships for couples. When I do bring something new out, I'll start with a pilot session or a group and just get started and have something that's 50, 60, 70% cooked, mm-hmm. try to get it launched and see who's interested in this, how, how valuable is it, what kind of circulation and flow can we have. So I, I definitely would, I, I'm sure you're seeing this in the people that you work with and the folks that are listening to these podcasts, that it's so important to have the, the money and business model as early in the process as you have the the marketing messaging and the ideal client spec and you know and even the like what problem do I solve is having all of that at the beginning. Absolutely, and one of the things that we really focus with uh, in Turn Knowledge to Profit is making sure that your testing your message. It used to be that people would go spend a lot of time and money developing courses, products, and programs, and then they would go find the audience to deliver them. We really believe that you need to have your audience and find out what they really need, try some things, and then put it together because then you know you're really on target and you know you're not spending money and losing time developing yeah. something that sounds great to you and you know people need it, but it's just not in the right form or format to reach the audience that are going to say yes. Exactly. And the, um, I love, I'm going to circle back to the thing that you said about not projecting our money and value story onto someone else. So mm-hmm. you, I lead a, um, my signature group coaching program is called CFO Camp, and I help mostly. I help other healers, coaches, ministers, uh, you know, designers, realtors, folks who have um, a service or a product they want to bring forward, and they feel they want to be more confident, more clear, more excellent, more of a leader with their money. Is a uh, I'm working with a gal who she's already invested herself big money in marketing and business coaching and she Mm -hmm. knew that if she didn't feel more confident about charging rates that were commensurate with the kind of value that she's giving if she didn't get that piece in place it wouldn't matter how much great you know sales copy you have if you're not feeling confident about charging what you're worth Mm -hmm. and I think people always struggle with what to charge, and the value of what they have to offer. And I think it's important to look and see what problem are you solving and what's the value of that to the person on the other side. I was just um, was talking to someone recently, and um, she, was, she was at the E-Women Network International Conference this past um, August, and she said when she went there, she was getting ready to, to put out an offer, to, you know, a, a, a proposal to someone for $1,000. And she said she heard someone speak and something clicked in her. So she changed it and really looked at the value. And actually, it was $10,000 mm-hmm. that she ended up proposing. And guess what? They yeah. took it because yes. 
it had great value. And I think we oftentimes, we let our scarcity thinking, we let what we think about money, we let that get in the way of both our finances and our business. And it really, um, I think, has a negative impact all the way around. Absolutely. And if you think about it, the problems that many experts who have you know, knowledge who, that they've gained over decades or um, they've gone deep with something or they have a special expertise or they have a courage around a, you know, solving a particular problem, those things are often issues for their clients, problems for their clients that have been chronic, that if you mm-hmm. simply ask people, what's it costing you to have mm-hmm. conflict in your marriage over uh, Co, you know, co-parenting stepkids or some, you know, whatever, whatever the person's expertise is, if you really sometimes ask, like, what would it be worth it for you to have peace in your family and um, not to have the strain on your marriage? And mm-hmm. you really ask that question, you know, like, then people will price much more confidently because you realize it's tremendous value that you're offering to folks. And then if you think about what we spend on stuff, you know, so, mm-hmm. and, every, and what's great is everyone has their own little crazy thing. Um, I always recommend for couples, for example, that you have separate play money accounts because what the big fellow will spend on um, trinkets that go around his motorcycle, there's actually a word for it, <laughs> Janelle. They call it farkle. Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. stuff that bolts onto the motorcycle. And I look at those things and I think, that is three deep tissue massages right there. Yeah. <laughs> That thing that bolts on underneath and keeps the mud from coming up on the pedal, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. I uh, I get that for uh, for my husband. It's his. Uh, it's his. It's his automobile. So he's. Uh, you know. It's it's just so. It is funny that the way you know people put their. You know, they everybody's got their different things that they find important and they want to spend their money on. And I I think if people work hard, they should absolutely yes. have that. They should absolutely have that option to do it, um, and and make those choices. But we want to make those those smart educated, informed choices. And I love the way that you asked the question, what's it costing you not to have that solution? I think it's, it's really important to get in touch with that and ask some of those key questions. Um, we need to take a real quick break, but when we come back, I want to, to um, talk about that and the questions to ask a little bit more. And then I also want to have, just to, to get you thinking about it, have just a discussion on how spiritual, spirituality really impacts finances and vice versa. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. 
It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. If you missed our conversation before the break, you want to make sure you go back and listen to it. Um, If you're looking for a great example of how to explain what you do, I loved Karen's example of talking about creating a boutique coaching business with a signature curriculum and just we had a great conversation about sales and money and I want to continue our conversation Karen and talk a little bit before the break we were talking about some of the you know asking the right questions so you know what is it costing you not to have the solution you need and I know there are a couple other questions that you should ask yourself and ask your prospects too that you can share. Well, one of the questions I like to have people, particularly people who are selling or offering a a service or a coaching or a healing or a series of things, is to ask is to really ask people like what what would it be like if you got this problem solved, and to also present whatever it is you're offering as an investment and have people start to think about their ROI, return on investment. And mm-hmm. so one of the guidelines that's a good one to use is if people invest $10,000 in a uh, business and marketing coaching program, it's nice to be able to see 150% or that would be $15,000 of revenue or increased income coming as a more or less direct result of that investment. So that kind of, like, sometimes when people just hear numbers like that, it makes them feel a little bit more comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I invest with a business coach, and I'm investing up there in the, you know, let's say if I'm investing in the five-figure realm, then I need mm-hmm. to enroll four people at my four-figure thing um, over and above, you know, the normal that I would because I'm working with this business coach. But even mm-hmm. like even as I say numbers like that, people will start to be like, oh, I'm going to use my emotional and intuitive sense of, mm, this is right, and then I'm going to back it up with some rational math. Mm-hmm. And if you put those things together and you start to do that for yourself, when you decide, do I want to invest in this social media suite 
or uh, do I want to invest in joining uh, eWomen Network and being active as a uh, premier member? It's just mm-hmm. really nice to look at an investment and see what the return is and think it through. And what happens then, which is probably why when you told that story earlier of the gal who came back and offered her prospect a $10,000 program and the person said yes, is people know when they invest at a big level, they're going to have to sh- they're going to show up <laughs> mm-hmm. in a big way. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you give people some sort of a framework when they're making an investment because I think a lot of times people look at the investment number of what they're putting out, but they don't look at or set some parameters around what they're expecting to get back. So they don't I think when you set what you expect to get back, you set the intention of making that happen because you've got a target that you're focusing on versus just saying I'm making it. I know I'm going to make it back and it's it's very abstract and I think that you can't yes. hit something that's abstract. Yes. And you know, I I work with people around two kinds of measures. There's process measures and results measures. So process measures are the actions that we commit to taking on the way to the results. So for example, I attend four networking events and um, do my follow-ups within 24 hours after those events. Those are Mm -hmm. process measures. I can say, did I attend the events? Did I do my Mm follow-up? How many did I do? When did I do it? I can count all those things. Results Mm -hmm. measures would be how many new clients got converted and added as a result of networking. Too many mm-hmm. people will have um, high intention and they're working hard and they're hoping their results will come. And mm-hmm. it's not always completely linear. This is where we're also in co-creation with the divine and many other factors work with us. And yet, the thing we can control is our commitment to our process steps. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think you're right. I think people do have high intention. And I hear it all the time. And when I stop people in a conversation and say, wait a minute, you just said you hope, you wish, you're not going to get the results if that's what you're thinking and saying. No, I am going to make this happen this is going to be my result. So what I've started to do is ask people before they go into an event or they go into something, okay, what is your intention? How many people are going to be there? What's your conversion? And it's amazing how many people are walking out shocked that they actually made it happen, that they were very clear on what they wanted, and it makes a difference. It does. It really does. We're, we're, such, we're so powerful. You know, we're deeply powerful beings. And really, I think the artistry of living is just directing this infinite power that we are toward the things that we desire. Mm-hmm. So how does spirituality impact finances and vice versa? Yeah. Well, spirituality I define as our relationship to the transcendent, to the divine, mm-hmm. to the greater. And people who come from a comfortable with the idea of the word spirituality or religion will think this is how do I connect my faith in something greater with mm-hmm. the work and activity I do around and the money that flows through my life. If mm-hmm. people are more connected to values or ethics or don't consider themselves a person of faith, there's still an idea of What's my higher purpose? What's the money for Mm -hmm. in my life? Mm 
And I think that's the first connection is how is asking ourselves, how does the money connect to my greater purpose, meaning connection? Mm-hmm. And it's just starting with that simple question. What's the money for? There's a, a wonderful prosperity teacher that I've learned from, Edwin Gaines, and she says, mm-hmm. I serve God, money serves me, which is kind of a nice essence of, of the sequence. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that's really helpful for people to make a distinction about is mm-hmm. source and channel. So if you think mm-hmm. of source, the word source with a capital S and channel with a little c, Spiritual source is the infinite, giving, loving, Mother, Father, Creator presence that when we realize that's what's breathing us, living us, expressing as us, we, we can find a sense of gratitude and comfort and connection and inspiration that is beyond temporal, earthly experiences. And that's really the essence of faith. I am more than this. I am more than the illness or the challenges or the injustices or the problems of this world. What happens mm. around money is it's delightful when we understand and are grateful for the spiritual source that flows through material channels. So channels are things like, you know, a good-looking, generous lover, a real estate portfolio that goes up, 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 a bestseller, <laughs> you know, what, like a giant database, mm-hmm. uh, you, 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 like all of those things that are, um, you know, a secure job, a, port, you know, a retirement uh, investment portfolio. And you can hear I'm being a little bit silly about talking about those things. I love a good channel. We love the channels. But mm-hmm. where we get in trouble is if we think our security comes from the channel. If we think that, there's something in us that will always be somewhat afraid because we know the channel could disappear. And it's Mm -hmm. true. Channels always have beginning, middles, and ends. So the essence of a spiritual connection to money is a sense of gratitude for the source and a stewardship or appreciation or respect for the channels. Interesting. I I like that um, that that the way you explain that, because it really makes it um, clear and uh, very, you can envision what, it, what, what that would look like. Yeah. And when people are so, worried about, yeah, when people are worried mm-hmm. about money, mm-hmm. it's almost always they're fearful that a channel is either going to not show up or go away. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. And then when you start to get those fears, it impacts your behaviors and the actions that you take because you don't have... It, it's really focused on the thing instead of everything else. Yes. Interesting. Well, I think you've shared so much today that really can get people thinking very, very differently. So how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about you and what you're doing? The best place is to go to our main website, themoneykeys.com, so E-H-E-M-O-N-E-Y-K-E-Y-S.com. And there you'll see an introductory video and a chance to uh, get our Money Keys kit, which includes a video training and a quiz about um, which of the money traps you might be stuck in and how to escape. So that's really the best place to start, themoneykeys.com. 
And then on Facebook, it, you can also just search for The Money Keys and find me there. Okay, and I love that. Um, I'd love to, to have people um, share what trap they get stuck on on our Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page, and I'd love yeah, to continue yeah. that, that, that conversation. And we will put a link on our Turn Knowledge to Profit podcast page so people can connect with you. So as we end our conversation, I'd love to have you share, because I know you've got a couple practical things that people can do um, to really help them and, and really start to get into action now. Can you yes. share those? So Money Monday and Faithful Friday are two simple practices that you can get engaged in that get you focused on your money but also feeling grateful. And really we build wealth through focus and action but also through awareness and appreciation. On Mondays, on Money Monday, is when you give. Give your attention to your money give financially to the causes that inspire you, and give yourself a chance to look at your books, look at your week, put your process um, steps into place, and then on Friday, receive. On Faithful Friday, I always recommend two rounds of reflection. One is you look back over your week and you say, how did Source or Divine or the Spirit show up for me in my money and business? And the second round is, how did my financial goals come true this week already? So you mm-hmm. start to say, like, look, it's happening. I converted that, you know, I went out to that network event, and yes, there was a conversion. And you start to build that sense on Fridays of, see, it's happening. I feel grateful. I can be satisfied. And those mm-hmm. two things, Money Monday, Faithful Friday, get people into action. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. One of the things that um, Michael and I do is every Friday um, we've got our little ritual and um, we open a bottle of champagne and we really, you know, celebrate our week, celebrate the Mm. things we've accomplished, big and small, because, you know, most Mm. people just celebrate when something major happens. But you know what? The fact that we made it through another week, that we accomplished the things that we did. So we've really gotten to the point where, you know, we really are making sure that we're focusing on, you know, what we're doing and really taking time to celebrate both the big and the small. I think that's wonderful. You know, it, it just, and then you've, you're building your, your muscle and your experience of appreciation and celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It's been a great conversation, and um, I think you've given everyone a lot to think about. So thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you, Janelle. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. 
If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to be talking about the importance of stories. I love listening to other people's stories, and I know I'm excited about today's conversation because I sometimes get challenged with making sure I'm using the right stories, but I know that they're so important. So I'd love to have you just start by sharing, Michael, how do we know where we need to put stories and how do we know we have the right stories? Well, you know, first and foremost, stories really create connection between you and your audience. And again, it doesn't matter um, if it's an audience that you're speaking to, if it's an audience of clients that are in your course or uh, any other situation. um, Really, they, they help you create connection with the person that you're talking to or the people you're talking to. Um, You know, if you think about it, humans have communicated over millennia through stories. And it's really, it's been true in recorded history. And it's still true true today. Because if you think about it, even, you know, TV commercials, um, most of them are really just stories. That's all they are. But they're stories that sell a product or service. Um, And if you can tell a good story and connect with your audience on an emotional level, then they're much more likely to remember you for a long time. I think that's true. And the thing that I keep thinking of when you say that is really making sure and having a story that engages people, that draw them in. And stories can be a great way for people to see how what you're sharing can actually apply to them. If they see themselves in your story, it really can make a big difference. Yeah, it really does. It really helps you create connection with them. Um, and then, you know, the, the second thing that it does is no matter how dry a topic you're talking about, if you've got good stories in there, um, it'll still keep people interested. Um, and if you switch that around, um, if you don't have good stories, it doesn't matter how compelling your topic is they're going to lose interest. They're just, their mind's going to start to wander. I mean, I don't know how many of you have been in a situation where you're maybe attending an event. And um, I know I've had this, I'm taking notes, the speaker's going along. And all of a sudden I realized that, well, I wasn't taking notes. I was actually thinking about 
uh, stuff I needed at the market or I was thinking about something I was going to do when I left the event or whatever because the speaker had kind of lost me. They didn't have good stories in, involved. They, they had a lot of charts and a lot of graphs, but it wasn't really making an emotional connection with me. And I think that's important to do. I think it's important to draw people in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you're, you know, a lot of people will tell you, and I think it's pretty true that you have eight to 10 seconds to engage with someone when you start to talk to them. So as a speaker, you get up there, they uh, introduce you, you get on stage and you have about eight to 10 seconds to engage with the audience before they start to lose interest. And so that's why it's so important to start with a story or have some compelling stories throughout your talk um, or throughout your course or whatever it is to keep them engaged and really make that connection. So do when someone's telling a story, does it have to be something that they personally experienced? No, it doesn't. And in fact, I think that it's really good to always have a mixture. Um, it's great to have your own stories because that shows um, that you have experience. It shows your expertise. It really helps them engage with you personally. But I think it's also important to have um, stories that you've heard from other people because that shows some universality to whatever it is you're talking about so that it's not just you. It's not just them the listener that oh this happens to other people as well and that this is a challenge for a lot of people uh, and your story really helps make that emotional connection with you and also with the the issue as a whole so how does someone know if a story is going to be engaging or going to pull people in some people might say they don't have very interesting stories well you know it's it, it's not so much that the story's not interesting, at least in my view, it's the, it's the telling of the story has to be interesting. And so, you know, to say I don't have any stories, and I have, have met clients from time to time and say I don't have any stories. And, you know, I guess my thinking is, well, you know, you're 40, 50, 60 years old, however old you are, and have you done nothing in your life at all? And the answer, of course, is, well, no, sure, they've done some, some things in their life. Well, then you have stories because everybody who actually has lived a life has stories. It's just a matter of how you tell them and finding the stories that have universal appeal and also engage and are uh, relevant to the point you're trying to make. Well, and I've heard you ask people when they say, well, I don't have any stories, really asking some real good engaging questions. Tell me about a client that you've loved working with. Tell me about a client who had phenomenal results. You know, if someone is stuck, what did you do to move them forward? And I know that, so part of it I think is shifting the way we think when we're looking at stories and asking some good questions. Have a conversation with someone and record the conversation because when you're talking one-on-one, -on -one, we do tend to share a lot of stories that we probably don't even think of when we actually go to um, put together a keynote or put together training. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right that, that um, I, I do tend to ask 
sort of engaging questions and you might start thinking about these questions for yourself you know about how you actually have engaged with clients before how, what kinds of things have clients told you that have been successful and how could you weave that into a story just think about your everyday life um, you know I think in a previous um, business builder we, we talked about the analogy of if you don't have a car uh, then you know a basic economy car is is great for you you don't need a Ferrari well that's a story okay so so think about in your everyday life situations that you've had that relate to some of the issues that maybe your clients are having and how could you meld those two together into a, a really interesting and engaging story so once you've got your stories how do you actually add that into your course or presentation? Is there a formula on how to do that? Well, yeah, absolutely. There is a formula um, and there's a little bit of art as well, but there is a formula and that's, you know, one of the reasons you want to work with uh, a company that is expert at creating products and services as you're doing that. So. Um, a company like Turn Knowledge to Profit, we do that all the time and we are able to get those stories from our clients and, and incorporate those into their offerings. Um, you know, first you want to make sure that the story supports the point you're trying to make. And uh, I know that may seem obvious to a lot of people, but you'd be surprised how many speakers don't get that basic rule. They, they tell you and maybe you've had that experience if you think back to talks that you've been to where they tell a really interesting story, but at the end you're kind of saying, well, that was interesting, but I'm, I'm not sure how it relates to what you're talking about. And so you were, you were entertained. That's more what I would call entertainment. That's not actually teaching you anything. And so you want to make sure that they really support, you know, what you're trying, the points you're trying to make. And that's why, you know, another tip I could give people is, um, the same thing that we do when we're creating a presentation or a course or an offering for a client, we don't add the stories until the very end. It's one of the last things we put into the finished product. And, uh, you know, I do have specific spots where I'll put a, a placeholder that says, you know, story here or uh, make sure that we put a story, you know, ask client about a story for this spot here. But I don't actually add the story until the end because I want to make sure that the story really reinforces the point that's being made. And I don't know fully what the point is going to be until the course is put together and everything flows together. Well, and when you were talking about that, um, and I'm going to probably get the word wrong, but it's edutainment. Is, yeah, somebody used that term. It, yeah. Where you're yeah. combining education and entertainment. Right. And I think it's important to do both. And I know I've heard presentations where someone tells a story and it's like, okay, that's a nice story, but what am I supposed to do with that? Or how do I apply it to what I'm doing? I'll think, think it's really important when you're telling stories to watch the audience. Are they leaning in? Are they looking at you? Are they kind of on the edge of their seat? Or are they sitting there looking down on their cell phone, checking text yeah. message and, you know, checking email? Are they really engaged? Because if they are, they're going to want to know what's coming next. And I think that's really important. 
Yeah, it is. It's really important. And that's a great tip to always look, be looking at the audience um, and, and really seeing how engaged they are. And the other thing that I can say, it's always also a tip is to make sure that, uh, you know, there's, there's a, uh, as you said, there's a formula to telling a story or, or what story you should use. There's also a formula for how the story is structured. And you want to make sure that you, again, uh, engage with some uh, company or some coach or whoever it is that really understands storytelling. Um, but you have to set a context for the audience. You have to make sure the points are clear. You have to give them a background. Um, a, a lot of times what I see um, new storytellers or, or, or coaches or speakers that are trying to incorporate stories into their, their offerings, I see them um, do something I call speed thinking. So since they lived the story, they sort of cut to the end without including a lot of the upfront stuff. They speed think through the story, assuming that their audience will understand it. And a lot of times their audience doesn't understand because they haven't been given the context. They haven't been given the background. They haven't been given the setup for the lesson that's coming later in the story. That's so true. And I know that um, you often accuse me of speed thinking because I've been there, done that, experienced it. I, you know, I don't stop to think about, okay, what details does someone know if they weren't there? And this is a great discussion. And I would invite all of our listeners to go to Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page and share where do your stories come from? And what challenge do you have to maybe decide what story to use when you're putting together a talk, training, or you really want to go ahead and share an example with the result because there is an art to it. And once you master that, it will make a big difference in the results that you get. So we look forward to hearing from you. Talk to you next week. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for a future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.